Michael Mina somewhat mobile. When we drop data, it's not anecdotal. Talking the latest mobile trends, we're highlighting the surges and descends. Yeah, this is an original series from Aptopia. The intelligence. Welcome into Somewhat Mobile, an original series from Aptopia, where we talk shop with the best in the game, some of the brightest people in marketing, product, and more, in order to add transparency to the mobile app ecosystem. I'm Adam Blacker, joined by my co-host Madeline Lenahan. Together, we're responsible for all the content and data made publicly available from Aptopia. With us today is Christoph Zoxenhausen, Managing Director at Sunday, a hyper-casual games publisher whose app portfolio, according to our estimates, has been downloaded millions of times just within the past 30 days. Christoph, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, yeah. I guess. A lot of people we meet in the mobile game space have been in it for a long time. They've been in it for the long haul. But before Sunday, you actually worked in e-commerce at a company called About. So what did you do there and how did you make the transition into mobile gaming? Yeah, great question. So um, I think a common theme in my life is I, I like to get into things I have no idea about. So be before I worked in e-commerce and uh, developed uh, one of, one of Europe's most downloaded fashion apps there. I had no idea about fashion. I had no idea about e-commerce or app development. Generally, I, I like software development. You know, like I, I taught myself that at age 14 and I've been in this space uh, since then. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, I had no idea about it, but somehow managed to do it, uh, to, to build uh, this app and to work at this company and make a successful product. And yeah, so two friends of mine, uh, Carlo and Jonas, um, at the same time founded this company AppLike, which is an ad tech company uh, focused mainly on uh, reward apps. So it's like the USP is uh, you can earn money playing games and they also provide this technology as an SDK. And uh, yeah, they pitched me this idea of, uh, hey, we want, to, we want to go into publishing and we want to make our own content, our own games. Same thing, I have no idea about uh, games except for playing them, but uh, I always like a good challenge. So yeah, I got into it, um, figured out how hyper-casual games work, uh, and uh, yeah, built, built a small company around it of 16 people now. Uh, yeah, and we, we landed our first hit game uh, last autumn, uh, around October, November. And yeah, as you already mentioned, uh, been downloaded, uh, I think, 10 million times in the first three months and still going pretty strong. Around like 150 200k downloads a day, so yeah, it's it's, um, it's a cool hit and definitely uh, a lot more sustainable than we, than we would, uh, would have expected. It's actually still paying our salaries and our rent, and yeah, we're aiming for more hits this year. Yeah, what, what what's the name of the game for people who don't know? It's a cat escape, so it's about a cat that needs to escape a room. And you have to like dodge some guards and hide in funny, you have to hide in the closet, like super funny stuff. I think that's great because uh, one, people love cats, but two, <laughs> you, you got to figure that's a cat's actual everyday life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, cats always so, work, you know, like there's always trending content everywhere. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's crazy that you've, uh, you know, just... Because again, like Madeline said, most people are in the gaming world for quite some time. Uh, you, you've come from a different background, but you've still found a way to uh, success so far. Uh, and so let's talk about ideation and uh, development about these games. So how do you come up with 
hyper casual is a huge category tons of different games they all uh, have like different themes so many different themes a little bit of different mechanics how do you come up with ideas what is your testing process like and i think most importantly uh how much do you lean into intuition versus data to make these decisions yeah those are very good questions i think like ideation is everybody uh, every company's uh, secret sauce really uh and there are no shortcuts. I mean, in the end, everybody's trying to achieve the same goals and everybody's using similar techniques. But of course, you need a lot of training in it. Like, because I, I hear so many people when I tell them, hey, I work in mobile games, you know, and we build these funny games. Like, oh, I have a really cool idea for mobile games. Like, yes, everybody has a lot of ideas and they sound all really funny, but it's actually really hard to make it a game that's loved by millions of people and played for many, many days. You know, that's the real challenge behind it. So there are several approaches that we are doing. First of all, um, you know, in the end, we are competing with like very big companies that have a lot of money out there and have like a network of thousands of developers. So we ask ourselves like, okay, how can we compete with that? So we really tap into the creative potential of everybody in the company. You know, everybody in the company is a gamer, is working in games for many, many years already, has a lot of experience and consume the content, consume the games, right? So, um, it's not just one person who comes uh, up with the ideas and especially not me. I, I learned that from the very start that I shouldn't be the one who like says like, Hey, let's build this game. It's, it's really stupid yeah. if I do this. It's better when I focus on building the company instead of the, building the games. Uh, so we have a, something like a weekly game idea jam that everybody in the company can pitch their ideas and we have different formats. Sometimes it's like, Hey, I had this idea under the shower and I think this would be really funny. So super freestyle. Sometimes we use uh, different formats where we take like a mechanic from a triple A game and try to twist it around so it fits into hyper casual. And yeah, ideas can come from everywhere. And I think everybody says the same, like it can come from social media. It can come from hyper, other hyper casual games, of course, you know, it can come from triple A games, from Nintendo games. Uh, there's been a phase where a lot of uh, Mario games has been like taken apart and rearranged into, um, into uh, hyper casual games and I, I always like to compare it to uh to uh, like hip-hop remix culture you know because <laughs> like from the outside what a lot of people don't understand it he looks like yeah like it looks like everybody's copying everybody else but it's i think it's a very blunt statement it's much more than this you know like when you look at hip-hop remix culture everybody's taking samples from everybody else and you can take uh, a sample from a super classic uh, music piece and still make it work in, in 2021. Or you can take a sample from a, another hip hop classic, you know? Right. And I think this is really the magic behind it. Something, taking something that's already known and that people like and rearranging it so that it still feels fresh again and can become a hit. That's the magic, so, I think. What is your uh, testing process for that? Like, like how do you... Uh, do you, do you do soft launches? Do you just do it internal? Like, uh, I, I, I know you said it's like everyone has their own secret sauce, so I don't want you to, uh, give away too much here, but is there anything you can tell us about how arduous that testing process is? And then again, is it data-based or is it intuition-based or is there a, a mix? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think again, the trick here is to constantly switching between intuition and data. Like you have to trust your intuition and trust your own gut feeling that this is fun. And first of all, everything that we build and everything that our ideas must be fun for the team first. Like if we don't find it funny and if we won't play it, we won't build it. 
But then again, you have to switch into different mode. Then it's like really nailing down the vision. And we always try to have a prototype within a couple of days. Um, and then uh, the first step is always having a video. I know that many publishers, they skip this phase and they go straight to the CPI testing phase. Uh, for us, it's still important to filter out um, the, 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 at least the bad ideas, right? Uh, of course, uh, like when you when you are a big publisher and you work with a lot of uh, external developers, then you don't have the problem that uh, you have to develop a full prototype because the risk is like outsourced to them, right? So they can they can take all the uh, finished prototypes with ten levels, right? But for us, we really want to avoid the risk of building a full game with ten levels. So we always do CTR testing in a video first. So we record twenty seconds of gameplay upload it to Facebook and then measure how many people click on it. It's more than 5%. We say like, okay, this, uh, it's, it's not a proof that it's marketable, but it at least, it's at least not a bad idea. Like we just want to filter out the bad ideas. That's, that's basically the, the first step. And then we try to make a, a real game out of it. That's playable. It has 10 levels or 15 levels. Uh, and, uh, yeah, then the usual step, like measuring CPI, measuring day one retention, right. Playtime on the first day. Um, I think that's pretty industry standard. But uh, yeah, it, it's, it's again like the switching back and forth between intuition and experience, and on there and just trusting the data and just at, at some point you just let your project run and uh, let the data decide what is best for you. I'm guessing marketing is also a huge piece in making your idea successful. So can you talk to us about? The, the same ideation process for creatives, you know, how do you develop them? How do you test them? Um, what's been effective for you guys so far? Yeah, uh, yeah, totally. So, um, actually, when you, when, you, when you try to put the whole hyper-casual business model into a formula, like on, on one side, you have the amount of ad impressions that your game can generate. On the other hand, you have your, your IPM. So how many installs do you, uh, how many views, how many impressions of ad do you need to get an install? And of course, like when you can show more impressions in your game, then you need for, on the other end, for people to install it, then you have a winning project, uh, winning, winning product. Um, so yeah, so that means on the end, the ad, the ad is exactly, uh, has the same, uh, importance as the game itself. And of course, when you have a good game, then it's much easier to make a good ad out of it. And you don't need any fake game, but you just show your gameplay and let people play around with it. And it's already really convincing. Um, but still, you need to uh, try out a really a big load of ideas there. We are constantly, also for, for our live games, but also for our new ideas, constantly trying out new things there. Uh, and we have really, we have had really great success with uh, playable ads. I think that's, um, especially for hyper casual games, it's, it's super cool because you don't need a real onboarding. You just throw people into the game anyway, because the games are already built in a way that you don't need any onboarding and you can experience the real gameplay for the first, uh, uh, from the first second, uh, and you you you, you can just tr easily transition to the real game from that. So eighty percent of our installs are coming from playables right now, and we really see like when we we, we are constantly trying to reinvent our playables, and uh, when we figure a new, a new one out that has a good IPM, we really see an uptick again in, in, in our game, and it really revives everything. Right, I know at Aptopia at least Adam and I are always cooking up some kind of marketing idea and we keep them in our fancy Google doc of precious ideas. Some of them never make it 
Some of them never come to life. Do you have a doc like that, whether it's like for games or creatives? And is there anyone that you're like, oh man, you got so far and, and you wish it hadn't died? Yeah, we definitely have this. We have like an idea backlog. Like I mentioned, like everybody in the company can put in their ideas there and then we rank them uh, according uh, to different metrics. So we look at, okay, how marketable is this right now? Is it following a trend or not? Uh, how easy is it to build a prototype out of that? How clear is the gameplay from the beginning? Uh, from the beginning? So do I look at this idea and I understand in three seconds immediately, ah, okay, that's what I need to do in the game. Uh, and also like, how is the replayability of the game? You know, it's sometimes you have a really funny idea, a really cool idea. And yeah, it's fun for one or two levels, but then afterwards there's, you know, this, it's, there's no variance in there and you cannot make 100 levels out of this. Um, so we rate every idea on, on the scale and it's, it's, a, it's a huge list definitely. And we always like take the best ones from the top. Um, but you have to be uh, like, you, you, you really get thick skinned after some time that you realize, okay, it's, it's super normal that, yeah, you, you get hyped up about an idea, really like, ah, oh, this is going to be the one you play around with this. You, you love it so much, you know, build a puzzle game and you love all the puzzles in there. Well, then it's, it doesn't work, you know, and you have to get uh, accustomed to this like dopamine rush, which you really always get in the beginning, like, oh, this is so cool. And you get excited about it and you need this energy to actually make it work, to actually build something that people love. Because when you don't have it and you don't like have this passion for your own product, how should other people uh, get it over time? But then, of course, you need to be able to really distance yourself from it and say like, okay, it's, it's, uh, uh, we, we, it doesn't work and we kill it. And we actually have like have a small celebration for every killed project and like, <laughs> have, like say goodbye to it and uh, move on to the next one. And yeah, we have to be a little bit cold, like, like <laughs> shooting a dead horse. Sorry. <laughs> uh, shoot, shooting is a sick horse. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I, like, yeah. I like that. Um, I like that a lot, actually. Yeah, we should right. do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but you, real, you realize a lot, like, just because you think it's a good idea doesn't mean it actually is one. You have to test it on the market. It's otherwise impossible to tell. And also, like, I this transitions so much to other areas in business that I don't know. I mean, it's all in the end, it's all lean startup, right? Test the idea quickly, iterate right. or kill it. But... I mean, hyper-casual does it really on steroids. And I've, I've never seen an industry that does it in such an extreme way. And it is, it is also super successful with this approach. So, yeah, that, that's that's a great transition for uh, my next question. Because I think when you... So a big piece of hyper-casual is like constantly trying to, at least from the big players, uh, trying to like constantly churn out a bunch of, of different games at the same time. Some of them make them into the, you know, the top of the top charts, some of them don't. And I think from a developer standpoint, if you are like, hey, uh, I need to develop a game in, you know, a small amount of days, I think it's a lot easier physically to probably develop a hyper-casual style type of game than something like a Clash of Clans. But at the same time, the competitiveness of the hypercasual market is uh, supreme. And so what efforts, after you, you know, actually create the game, what efforts do you need to put in to get the game into that position of the top charts? Or is it just trust the data, trust that people like this and it'll find its way? Uh, no, definitely that's not enough. Um, so yeah, you're totally right. Hypercasual has really democratized game creation. You know, before that, you had to have a really big studio with like 20, 50 people 
who work for two years, so you need a lot of money for it, uh, a lot of time and, uh, you know, uh, investors that trust in you. And with Hypercasual, of course, this is like, that has spawned so many small studios all across the world, especially in developing countries where people who are really like smart, talented and, and uh, motivated really want to get into this like gold rush. Okay. Yeah, everybody can make it. Okay. We have cool ideas. We understood the process. Let's do it. You know, and uh, we all actually, we hired a lot of uh, those guys recently uh, and got them into the company and, and they've been building amazing stuff there. And uh, yeah, so the, the idea, as you mentioned, is just the first step. That's like when you first need to find a mechanic that's fun and that's replayable and uh, that, that makes people come back uh, every day. But uh, when you look at hyper casual games, like how ha they have evolved in the last years, like they started really act as these like super simple abstract little toys that uh, were just like a bunch of pixels uh, actually, or completely 2D and flat. And now they've uh, evolved in much more polished, almost triple A experiences, right? So, I mean, they, they haven't gotten more complex, uh, but they look much more sophisticated. And uh, I think the market has also changed in that way that people expect this now. So I think like launching a game now that would have been a hit in 2017, 2018 wouldn't work anymore. The, the mechanics still work, like the underlying concepts still work. But you need to put you need to put much more visual uh, um, visual magic into it, definitely. Thinking about how the genre has changed already, where do you think it's going in the future already? Like, like anything that becomes super popular, there's already like skeptics and haters saying that <laughs> maybe the it's going to fizzle out and they're not going to receive as many downloads or privacy changes are going to have a big impact in its performance. So what's your take on that? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, uh, of course, nobody knows exactly where it's going. What I just see, what I observe, uh, is a diversification in different directions. So uh, we have different kinds of uh, hyper-casual games, or, or like it's more like hyper-casual is taking over different genres, and, every, and like it's everything is being hyper-casualized, so to say. And you, you see this in uh, you know, like you have your traditional traditional runners and puzzled puzzle games that will always be there and always work. Then you have these like experience game, your ASMR experience or like beauty salon, like these games that you wouldn't have called a real game like a couple of years ago. It's just like, yeah, you, you, you wax a woman's leg. Like how is that the game? You cannot even fail, right? <laughs> what was the challenge behind it? It's just like, it's just funny and entertaining and gives you a good experience. Um, and, and uh, then on the other end, you also have these uh, narrative games, you know, like where you have multiple choices and you just follow an interactive uh, com comic book. So from my experience, like what I've seen so far is more and more branching out into different areas. And um, I, I also think that the concept of hyper-casual development is uh, going to take over more uh, more traditional uh, um, uh, uh, categories like uh, I, I I don't know why match three guys don't take this approach more seriously right now, right now it's like a little bit uh, seen as yeah it's this trend coming up but uh, it's going to go away like there's been has been so many blog posts uh, about the death of hyper casual I think and it's, <laughs> it's every year has been proven wrong completely uh, it's growing and growing every year uh, and in the end, like what everybody in the games industry is competing for is um, 
is attention. And when you can get people's attention, you will automatically win. You can always monetize attention. Uh, and the hypercasual is taking the biggest share of attention right now on the market, I would say. And if I would be one of the other companies, I would really take a critical look at hypercasual games and try to understand how they're doing it. And this extreme way of testing and optimizing for attention, this would actually scare me a little bit with, if I would be a big free-to-play company, <laughs> to be honest. And I think that's also why you see like a lot of acquisitions in this uh, area, because either it's like a make or buy decision, right? So uh, I think it's really difficult to turn out uh, around a big uh, free-to-play company and teach everybody how hypercasual works. And to be honest, it's, it's also a career killer, I think, because in many free-to-play companies, we have experts that have been there for 10 plus years who know how these games work, you know, have their position in there, who write the game design documents that are 50 pages long and it's like all pre-planned and with hyper casual, like where's the space for those people, right? Right. That's a good, that's a, it's an interesting point. Um, I'm, I'm excited to watch a few things, uh, roll out with the, with the gaming industry just in the next coming months, especially around, uh, privacy issues. But, uh, yeah. Let's 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 get back to Sunday a little bit here. Uh, you guys are actually th this kind of feeds into uh, I don't I don't know how comfortable you are talking. Everyone, everyone, no one wants to talk about privacy issues, but I'm gonna <laughs> we'll we'll see where you go with this one. Uh, so Sunday is a subsidiary of Applight Group, uh, yeah. which also owns an advertising network. And so, yeah. as a publisher, from your perspective, uh, what benefits do you see from or experience from that partnership? Yeah. Uh, I mean, of course, potentially this, I mean, we are not there yet. We're not on the scale, but I mean, in theory, all the moving parts are there to have a, like a setup, like app love and line studio, supersonic, uh, uh, iron source. So yeah, of course we are working on the, like, this shared vision of like how we could, co uh, could connect all the parts and we already see some uh, really good success there. Like, um, app like has a bit different model, uh, so they, they don't do. Uh, video advertising at the moment and more coming from the offer world side and this hasn't been combined uh, successfully with hypercasual yet but now we have some really good experiments that are really promising where we can really get over offer world traffic into hypercasual and we see like user quality is like 50% better already it's just not happening on scale yet and now sure. we'll start scaling this up um, but it's super super promising um, and also, of course, like on the monetization side, I mean, yes, it's right now it's focused on, uh, on off of all monetization, which is like a bit incom incompatible with, uh, uh, casual because you don't have a strong currency there. So there's nothing to offer and reward for installing another game. Um, but of course, like the, the move to building a video network around that, uh, it's, it's of course super risky, but it's something that we're looking into. Yeah. The, the potential benefits of uh, being linked in with a with an ad network, given the impending for iOS, obviously, given the impending um, okay. uh, identifier. But uh, but maybe after, I mean, nothing's been. I don't know. We're we're hearing that might even be delayed again, and so <laughs> may, may, maybe later Let's on. See, we'll I, I, I think I've seen like very few people who actually understand what's going on. I think if I would tell you like yeah, this 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 is going to happen, I would be lying definitely. Like. Uh, I think you really need a super deep understanding of how everything is connected. Um, from my extreme shallow understanding, I don't think that there will be a huge impact 
uh, on hyper casual. So what I expect is, yes, there will be a lot of turmoil and campaigns won't work sadly anymore. So a lot of like fixing our campaigns, um, that's definitely happening. Then ECPMs will drop, I expect, but man, they might also be recovering. And as hyper casual uh, uh, publishers, uh, we, we, we won't have the biggest uh, downside effect, which is like the lack of targeting. Because like we're already buying super broad, Everybody, everybody's buying from us super broad. So we are really like, we are the small boat in the middle of the ocean and like the biggest storm coming, but we are so small that I think it won't really hit us uh, in terms of uh, our requirements for targeting at least, you know? Uh, um, and yeah, I, let, let, let's see what happens, but I really don't expect that we will be hit hard by it. Great, that's a, that's, a, that's a hell of a positive outlook. I like it. Um, and, and we're done with the tough questions. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Okay. You've shared what you can about Sunday, about the hyper casual space. Now we want to leave our audience with something about you. You know, we want them to understand your brain a little bit. So you mentioned at the top that you like trying new things. You like building new things. Um, what is something physical, whether it was like a Lego set or like a coffee table that you built with your two hands? Anything? <laughs> uh, I actually have a small baby Yoda uh, on my on my desk, Lego baby Yoda that I built. <laughs> so that's something, yeah. Um, something oh, physical. Build it out of uh, Le Legos, like a Star Wars Lego set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, awesome. Baby yeah, Yoda's in everyone's home now. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Big hype. Uh, no, but I, I like uh, to do sports also. That's my physical side, as well to say. Like, I, I'm spending a lot of time in my head, definitely, uh, much more than I want to sometimes. But uh, my, my, uh, uh, my grounding to us is definitely sports. And uh, there, it's, it's also more like more like a cerebral sport so it's like it's, it's jiu-jitsu so it's also like a lot of technique and a lot of concepts and maybe that's what i find fascinating about it but uh yeah that's that's my uh uh my balance that's awesome i have always wanted to try jiu-jitsu so i think that is super super cool i i love mma in general yeah yeah it's interesting definitely <laughs> yeah. adam you ever build anything huh you into anything oh. <laughs> outside of app data? Yeah, uh, no. I, I used to I used to build uh, Lego. I used to love Legos. So um, man, that takes me back. But I was never that great at it, um, and so I don't have anything cool. I don't have anything cool I've ever built. But I can tell you that I'm going to be moving into a new house soon, and we're going to attempt to build some things. We're going to attempt to build like a table, and we'll see how that goes. What yeah. about you? Perfect. I I have also. Very few things have come from these hands, I think. Yeah. You know, I've helped my dad, like, put up a fence. So proud of that. Proud of that. My, my big brother got all the genes for, like, physical, physical construction, I guess. Like, he's, like, constantly renovating. Like, he has a super huge house that uh, he renovated himself and, like, oh, building hey, stuff I'm... all the time and cars and whatever. Like, everything that's loud and has a motor, like, he owns it. Uh, I'm more in this, like, abstract world of building things. But we're both builders in some way. Exactly. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank, thanks for uh, coming on. It was great to speak with you. Great to learn about Sunday and, uh, and your thoughts on hyper casual. I love the, the, uh, the metaphor for, um, for remixes in, in, you know, hip hop. Uh, I thought that was really great. 
and uh, and yeah, maybe I'll get your your brother's number as I look to do some <laughs> home renovation. All right. Thank you for having me. This is it. Why? Lucini pouring from the sky. Let's get rich. Why? The GK Vance and Sugar Dance can't quit. Why? Now pop the cork.